Hi, and welcome to our podcast called Asking Better Questions. My name is John Newsham. And I am Shane Chen. We are a couple of friends encouraging each other to seek God. So it's important to point out with our title, we're not suggesting that we ask better questions than other people are asking. We're wanting to improve the questions that we ask. So it's important to keep learning and growing. And that involves asking better and better questions. It's true in life. And it's even more true when it comes to God. So this is our first podcast, Shane. I don't think you've done one before. Yes. I, I have certainly not done a podcast before, and this is very exciting for me. Yep. Something new, something yep. fresh. And it's just the season we're in right now. And yeah, I think I'm loving it so far. Yeah. Well, it's exciting. Um, I've not really ever thought of doing a podcast until the last couple of weeks. Um, but it just it just seems to work. So I'm in a different state of Australia to what you're in at the moment. We're doing this by yes, distance. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And I'm, I'm from South Australia, from a town or city called Port Piri. Um, it's, it's not that big, but it's, it's a country town and I love it here. And I'm living in Queensland, Australia on the Gold Coast and uh, been here for about a year now. So I'm really enjoying that. So we've, awesome. we've known each other uh, for what, maybe 10, 12, 13 years, 10, 12 years. It's been a long time for sure. I wouldn't say 12 years. <laughs> it I would feels say like it. close to, oh, it certainly does. I think it's been nine years. Okay. Yeah. So I've been counting down the days. Counting down the days. Yeah. So, so we met in church. Um, yes, we did. And uh, you were fairly young and I felt old. Yes. I was 14 and you were about 40? No, I was in my very early oh. 30s. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think when we met, I was your pastor. Uh, that would, yes, that would be the correct. fairest way to say it. And uh, you know, God has crossed our paths a few times uh, in our journey. And so uh, we've remained friends for a long time. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, this, uh, this sounds good to me. Yes, it does. And, you know, it's great that we have known each other for so long and to do a podcast together. Um, and yeah, we, we got a lot of stories and things that we can share with you guys along our journey as well. So that's really exciting. Yeah. So this is our first podcast together as well, obviously being our first one ever each. Um, so we're going to put in a few segments uh, that at this stage where planning will be uh, regular segments. Um, so if we feel like that's not working, uh, we'll change things up. Maybe the first thing we'll change is my co-host. Uh, we'll see if that fixes everything <laughs> first. Uh, so the first thing we'll do uh, normally is a discussion about a random scripture. Um, we do want to talk... Uh, about God first and foremost. And so talking about God involves conversations regarding the Bible and church and things like that. Um, we will introduce ourselves a little bit better uh, later on, but we do want this to be more of a podcast about God and less about us. That's right. So um, if I uh, start, this is a, a segment where we're, we're going to talk about a random scripture. And this one, although the segment is planned, uh, the scripture is going to be completely random. And so uh, we're looking here at 
Judges chapter 4. That's exciting, isn't it? That is very exciting. Like one of the things about Scripture is I love Scripture. Yep. I love reading the Word of God. And it's always exciting when you get to um, hear the Word of God, read it, and get an re amazing revelation out of it. Yeah. So this is probably going to be my favorite segment. Yeah. So we have here, uh, after Ehud died, he's one of the judges, the Israelites once again did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, a king of Canaan who reigned in Hazor. The commander of his army was Sisera, who lived in Harasheth. I really picked one with good uh, words to try to pronounce. Because he had 900 iron chariots and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. So this is uh, completely unplanned. I didn't know which scripture it was going to be because uh, I didn't want to have an advantage at this end of the phone line compared to Shane. Uh, so let's have a chat about that scripture. Okay, so just to be clear, we are in Judges chapter 4. Yes, verses 1 to 3. Verses 1 to 3. Awesome. I mean, just in those few verses, you know, I see, you know, there's something going on, obviously, right? Yeah. And it basically starts off with that the Israelites, you know, did evil in sight of God. Mm -hmm. And God, for, for me, what, you know, just reading that first verse, like, okay, there's people who here have messed up and, and God is not very happy with them at this stage, just hearing from the first verse. And then it's like, it says, the scripture says that God actually sold them off, you know? If you're not going to listen to me, if you're going to do um, evil in, in my sight, you know, it's better if I just sell you off. I believe that's what the scripture was saying. And, and you know, people started to become um, worried. I would have said, you know, then they start to cry out to the Lord because they were put in a very difficult situation because, first of all, they dishonored God, they disobeyed God, and... And now they they find them in a situation where they don't have the favor of God on their lives, and so then they begin to cry out to God. Is that a description you would say as well, Pastor John? Yeah, I like that. It's um, it's a fairly typical cycle that you see time and time again in the Bible. Um, we often think of uh, the greatest challenge to our faith being going through a difficult time. But the pattern in Scripture is that people turn away from their faith more when things are going well. And so here we see an example of that, that, uh, you know, the, the previous time God had sent another judge, he'd, he'd redeemed his people, he brought them back out and things were going well. And that's the time where they turn their back on God and walk away. And uh, as you pointed out, it's when things start to go difficult again, they turn to God and, uh, and cry for help. I think... Um, Right now, the way the world is, uh, even even this week, there's a great sense within churches to say, hey, maybe we've forgotten to pray. Maybe we need to go back yeah. to that core thing of actually crying out to God and saying, God, we need you. And so yeah, from my circles that I've seen, there's, there's been a great call going out saying, let's gather, to, we're not gathered together, we're not allowed to do that at the moment, but let's uh, let's all... For example, at seven o'clock tonight, as a church, let's have a prayer time uh, in our own homes, or 
uh, or messages going between from one church to another saying, you know, let's find a way of coordinating some sort of a prayer effort. Um, and it's because things are going difficult that we look mm-hmm. at it and say, oh, maybe maybe we've uh, turned back on God. That's exactly right. You know, it just reminds me of that scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Yeah. And I just believe, you know, bringing the scripture up like, wow, that has actually been evident all throughout the scripture, um, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, and through the time we are right now, that scripture is such a key. Yeah. You know, it's always about, you know, if my people will call my name, and, and start to seek his face, start to seek his presence, start to crave for God, start to get more hungry for God, will humble themselves. And then I will, you know, help them. I will bring heaven to them. Yeah. And 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 heal their land and, you know, set them on the right path. And I believe that and that's just a mirror image of what we're seeing that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm allowed to quote another podcast, but I was listening to uh, one of the John Bevere podcasts and his son was on there. This is only in the last couple of days. And I'm going to mess this quote up, so please don't hold that against me. He said it much better. Um, but he said uh, that God doesn't uh, punish us or test us to get rid of us, but he does it to get rid of the things that would get rid of us. And so this this here, it says he sold them into uh, the hands of the other king. Um but his goal is always that he actually wants relationship with us. And when we turn That's our right. back on him, as you mentioned before, we, we actually choose, we don't want anything to do with God at the moment, whether it's an active choice or a passive choice, we, we choose, no, we don't want anything to do with that. And so it's kind of hard to then complain uh, that God removed his blessing when we walked out from under it. And yeah, that is right. I'm no, certainly no. not uh, trying to link uh, the coronavirus with God's judgment. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, just in this scripture here, I'm referring to that. I believe, you know, we serve a good God. We serve a good Father. Yeah. And He would never do send diseases and things like that to His children. You know, that's definitely the work of the devil, the enemy mm. that is always against us. But what, what we need to realize that, you know, anything that bad is going in our life, He can turn it for the good. And for his glory yeah and, and that is very important to know that we do serve a good God he he's a good father you know we have this great relationship with you might have with your parents you know where there's times when you don't really like what your parents opinions are yeah or you know you you, you struggle with what they're saying and what they're telling you to do and and that's exactly like with God you know God tells us to do sometimes some things and we feel like are they punishing us? You know, is is God really punishing us? Same with your parents. Are they really punishing us? No, they're just being good parents, and God is being a good father. So sometimes he might, we might have struggles in our life. You know, to discipline us, to to get to know Him better, to to have this time where we can just be open with Him, build our relationship better with God, and and that's very important. Yeah, and I think that's uh, you know there are. It's not to say that there 
that every parent out there is good. Um, yeah. But certainly good parents do draw lines and boundaries for their children to say, don't step outside of that, that's dangerous. And, mm. you know, there's always, as a child, there's always that free choice to say, I'm going to listen or I'm going to ignore that. And, uh, you know, if it's a neglectful parent, then there'll be no boundaries there at all. And God is certainly not neglectful. Uh, there's certainly times where we would think that the boundaries should be drawn in different places or, uh, or that it should be responded to differently or that, you know, for other people, they should have had tighter boundaries or all sorts of things we can look at. Uh, and that's the same, you know, when I was growing up, I looked at the rules that my parents had and I compared it to the rules that my friends and their parents uh, had in their lives and it, it wasn't always the same. And there's times where I was really grateful for that and times not so much. Uh, but I look back on it because I did have very good parents. I look back on that and I can see that, as you mentioned before, their goal was for my benefit. And so uh, I, I remember a couple of times being or either hearing or being told directly the phrase, while you're living in my house, you live by my rules. And uh, the... The meaning of that, it was never meant as a threat to say, well, please get out of my house. It was always, we're going to create an environment which is good for you here. And if you want to be living under that blessing, here's the rules. And so that's I think right. that's, that's the example here in the scripture that uh, God has said, these are the boundaries and within these boundaries, you will have my blessing. And they've said, well, we don't want to live in those boundaries. And so they've, in that metaphor, they've left home. Yeah. And it's exactly right. Like, you know, you think about how many times when you have done something wrong in the house and, you know, then you get punished for it. And then you cry out to your parents, you know, can you please take out my curfew? Can you please, you know, unground me or something like that? And, and it just feels like you cry out. So then they, you know, show basically mercy to you saying, all right, you understand now why we have put in this in place. And I think it's coming out of that realizing that that they are forgiving you know our god is forgiving that's why he went on the cross for us yeah he's forgiving his whole purpose is to forgive us our job is to tend to him um, and, and call out to him saying you know hey we're all sinners i have messed up in my life and i want to tend to him and and not you know yes we all have done things that we're not proud of or done things that um we feel like we should we haven't even got enough punishment for so you know there's this guilt that always comes in and I, I believe like some of those things are from the devil that you know you feel like you're not good enough you feel like you know this isn't for you you, yeah. you shouldn't be up there now um, and I just feel like all those are devil's trap to actually take you away from the blessing that God has for you the favor that God wants to show you the grace he actually has for you and and our God is much bigger than all of that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, one of the points that you've mentioned there, which I absolutely love, is uh, that it's he's done what it takes to restore the relationship. It's actually not about a list of rules. And we talk in this context that, you know, there are rules, there are boundaries, there are certain things that God says to do. But his purpose is not to create a set of rules. His purpose is to create a relationship with us. So yeah, it's right. Yeah, so so in that when when he went to the cross it was because he knew 
that we would never be able to live up to the set of rules that was there. And if we couldn't do it, someone else needed to. So he took that place. And so uh, I think that's actually one of the main points in the book of Judges is pointing towards that, is that all of these times where they turned their back on God and they couldn't redeem themselves. And so God sent someone to redeem them and bring them back. And, uh, and all of that is a picture pointing forward to the fact that God knows we're going to continually turn our back on him, but he sent Jesus because he was the one that could redeem us and bring us back into relationship with the Father. I think it's important in that not to just take that for granted and say, well, then I don't need to put any effort in, uh, but to actually take that and say, thank you, God, that you did what I couldn't, and now I want to make the most of that by actually having a relationship with you, a friendship, uh, an intimacy with you that I don't deserve, but that you offer me. Yeah. I think we we need to uh, go back to like, I know Pastor John, you have grown up in a family that has always been Christian, right? Yeah. So for me, it's the same as well. So we are actually born into, like we feel like we're born into those rules and regulations and we don't actually know why they were in there in the first place. It's because our parents made a decision that they're going to follow God yep. because they have seen the goodness of God on their life and they want it for their children. But as children, we just grow up into that without understanding what has happened in their life. And I just believe you know, every generation in the Bible is also, that's why they turn their back on God, I feel like, is because they're just born into something. They don't actually know what the previous generation have gone through, why they have come to the decision, why they have chosen to follow those laws and to obey God and to actually, you know, seek his face. Yeah. And I believe everyone needs to come to a point like I did for myself is do I actually want to follow God for myself or is it something that my parents did? Yeah. And I think that becomes a key role like we can see it in here that the Israelites they messed up. Why did they do that? They probably had a generation that were, you know, on fire for God. So they themselves had to learn about the goodness of God. They had to learn that without God, they they would not be able to accomplish what they have accomplished so far. And so I believe in everyone's life, there comes a moment of realization that, hey, I thought I was just doing this by myself, but it was God all along. And so sort of, it brings us back to God in a way. And, And that was over my life where I was just born into a family that was a Christian. They followed God. And, and every Sunday we were at church and we had a bunch of rules we had to follow. We had a bunch <laughs> of things that we can't do that our friends were able to do, like you mentioned before. And and then we had to come to that realization, okay, this is my God. Yeah. I need to follow Him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. So I think uh, in that context, uh, it's probably fair, as you mentioned, we've both grown up in church. We've both grown up, uh, actually, we've both grown up in pastor's houses. And so there's a certain ease that we have of following the rules. And it's not difficult to, uh, to learn and obey those rules when you've been brought up in that house. And I know uh, with discussions I've had over many years that, that sometimes there's a jealousy from other people that it's easier for people like us. And I think when you limit it to a list of rules and a list of jobs that we have to do, then they're right. 
But when you take it out of that and say, it's actually not about the rules, it's about the relationship. And each person starts from scratch. Yes, there might be um, some advantage because I have uh, role models to follow and I have uh, examples to lead me. But the challenge of actually stepping out of that and saying, I'm gonna choose not just because this is the right things to do, but because I wanna know Jesus. I wanna know God the Father, I wanna know the Holy Spirit that choice to know them and to pursue them, to seek them, as the Bible puts it, um, that challenge is, I think, equal for everyone. And there's different blockages. It's not like it's the same for everyone. But uh, the Bible talks about uh, someone who gave a great extravagant gift to Jesus and poured some perfume on his feet. And in the context, Jesus tells this story about two people who one was forgiven a small debt and one was forgiven a big debt. And it's easier for the person who was forgiven a big debt to love than it was for the person who had the smaller debt. And I think mm. for me growing up, uh, I, I'm sort of acutely aware of things that I did wrong that, uh, that other people would look at and say, that's not even sin. That's, um, that's actually not even a bad thing. But I was aware that it wasn't what God wanted for my life. And so I, mm. I can see in me, even to this day, but particularly you know, as I look back on what I used to be like, I can see in me that I wasn't in tune with the character of God and letting that flow through my life. And so I can see that I did wrong things. I can see that I needed forgiveness but it's not going to get pointed out to me very often. And so when other people look at me, they're not saying, oh, wow, you know, look where God brought you. Uh, it's, it's a different perspective. And so for people who are very aware of the fact that they fell short of God's glory, it's actually easier to have a passion to get to know God. Uh, That's right. So the trick then is not to necessarily do worse things so that you can be forgiven more, but to be aware that no matter whether my sins are considered large or small by the people around me, that my debt, my sin against God was enough that I should be separated from him for eternity. But Jesus stepped in and restored me. So it's not, yeah, wow. it's not just was I forgiven a lot or not, it's am I aware of what it cost God to bring me into his family and where I would be if he didn't do that. Amazing. Mm. Yeah, wow. Great thoughts there. Um, and, you know, you're exactly right about all of them. Um, at, at least from my point of view, I don't know what our viewers think, um, but it, it's, you know, one of the best feelings is to get to know God. And yeah. I believe that's what we are called to do, you know, as believers in Christ is going back to the whole relationship thing you know we're actually called to be in a relationship with god you know why is that you know that's what jesus wanted for our lives he made a way you know for us he came yeah. and died on the cross as we mentioned before and i believe it is so so important to get to know him and to continue to seek his faith yeah and you know I'm bringing that point up again because I think in this context it's very important to get to know our basics of who who we are as Christians. It's not so that we can get some benefits from God, 
so we can get to go to heaven uh, even though those are some great things so that we can get yeah. some you know financial help or whatever it might be you you might be in for yeah but the beauty about God is to get to know him he wants to have a relationship with you no matter who you are what you have done where you have been and doesn't matter where you're from any country in this world God is there and he wants to have a relationship with you he actually wants to talk to you in your daily life uh, the more time you spend with him you'll realize the more he talks to you so yeah you know, it's a it's a sometimes it's a very con- confronting thing for me it's like I look throughout my day at night how much of that time have I actually spent with God have I actually seeked him have I actually read his word you know have I you know actually had a conversation with him yeah just like I would have with my wife or with my friends um, or, or anyone have I actually stopped to have a conversation with God because he's always present yeah and, and so that's a, for me it's a big thing is to every day this is a person that we can't see but he's there and is waiting to have a conversation with you yeah well, I think uh, in one of our future podcast episodes, we're going to have to, uh, I think, unpack that even more. Um, yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the one of the big questions that needs to be asked, and we can probably clarify that a little bit at some point. Um, w- when we talk about faith, uh, we often go to Hebrews 11.6, which is considered to be, by many, the definition of faith. And it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe, firstly, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And we often, uh, we often talk about the fact that without faith, it's impossible to please God, but then we go down a different path without thinking. It's actually the reason that it's impossible to please God without faith is because to come to him and to believe that he's going to reward those who seek him is, is mm. essential. Otherwise, why would we seek him? Like the you mentioned, the greatest thing is to spend time with God in His presence. Within that, if we don't believe that we're going to actually meet with Him by seeking Him, if we don't believe that we're going to find Him when we seek Him, if we don't believe that actually there is an opportunity to know Him, then we won't seek. Uh, if we do go through the Bible, it'll be as a textbook rather than a love letter. Uh, and yes, it's a great textbook. I mean, it's it's... It's the foundational measuring stick for everything we believe. Uh, without scripture, we don't know if we've gone off on the wrong track and ended up in the, uh, you know, with with totally uh, ungodly beliefs about God. So we need the scripture. We need to know it. We need to study it. But the purpose of scripture ultimately is to bring us to God. That's right. And so if we're not actually seeking God. Uh, then scripture starts to lose value for us because there's no practical output for it. There's no use for it. Sure, I mean, there's principles in there that will make my life better. But ultimately, if I'm not seeking God, then I've taken out the whole foundation of the scripture. Wow. So yes, we're going to have to unpack that one uh, at a later time, I think, uh, you and I could probably talk for many hours on that topic. We won't do that today. Yeah. Um, so uh, being our first podcast, rather than uh, necessarily going through some 
big questions that we might want to ask or uh, some small questions that we might want to grow. Um, thought we might uh, just have a bit of a chat about who we are uh, so the listeners can get an idea of who they're listening to. And you know, obviously we've given a couple of details out already, but uh, primarily uh, it was mentioned in the starting uh, introduction that we're friends who encourage each other to seek God. I think that would be true uh, in different forms for the whole time we've known each other. Try. Uh, my role back then uh, was your I was your pastor and right. there's a certain responsibility on the pastor to help people find God um, but uh, I don't know if we've ever necessarily discussed this but right from that first time when you actually made that decision that you were going to choose to follow God for yourself rather than it just being a family tradition um, from that moment, the questions that you asked, the uh, the passion that you had in your life, just to uh, just to pursue God, actually has then pushed me further in my relationship with God. Uh, you know, apart from the fact that the responsibility of answering someone's genuine questions is a great responsibility, uh, but also you see someone else meeting with God and growing in God, and it stirs something inside of you to say, "I actually want that." And just because someone's a pastor doesn't mean that they've remembered how they got there. And so it's mm. always good to have a reminder. And, uh, you and a couple of other people that were in the church at the other time really stirred me up with your passion just to read God's word and apply it and to find out more and to learn and to grow. And also some of the questions that were being asked of me at the time forced me to grow. And uh, and so I don't I don't know if it's right uh, in this context to say thank you because I don't know if you necessarily did it for my benefit but thank you anyway uh, for being someone who was willing to allow your passion for God to be contagious. Yeah, well, thank you back to you because um, I, I would say you know um, the the times that I spent with you was just uh, most incredible times getting to not just to know you but to know more of God's heart. And when you spoke, you know, I could just tell that the heart you had was the heart for God. And I could feel like, man, I can just sense that God is directly speaking through you to me. And and, and that realization that, um, that God is actually speaking to me even though you were speaking, it, that's what it felt like. It just made me ask more questions about God because I just kept wanting to know more. And, and you know this this is the beauty of it and to um, go go back to where you said you know when I was asking you questions and it just pushed you and you know motivated you in, in some ways you know I, I feel like right now as um, I'm in the same position that you're you were in a few years back where you had people to disciple and you had people on fire for God and a church to run yeah. I feel like I'm in, in exactly the same position right now where I actually have people who have just encountered God and they have some amazing burning questions and it is constantly pushing me harder to actually read more of God's Word, spend more time with Him so I can go back to them just like you did to me and answer them correctly and genuinely and, and give them as much as possible and that has actually is helping me today um, seeing someone else just be on fire for God and just constantly ask questions non-stop. You know, I, I get phone calls um, 
so often, you know, could be from the same person uh, 10 times a day, just asking me questions. And, and that just also <laughs> encourages me to just go out and uh, answer them and, and yeah, constantly pushes me. And for my passion with God is actually increasing day by day because people are asking me those sort of questions. Yeah, so uh, it's important uh, to remember, and uh, you know, just to sort of put an end to the let's pat each other on the back <laughs> section of the <laughs> podcast, um, not every question uh, that you asked me was, was all that uh, related to Scripture or God. Uh, there, were, there were a few questions that both of us wish you never asked. Um, uh, you know, that, that time you asked me to pick you up on the side of the road on that highway, uh, you know, there's, there's some questions that, that we wish we could have avoided. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it is the essential part. Uh, I think that's my heart behind this whole podcast is when someone's asking questions, it stirs us up to learn. And the day that we stop asking questions, we stop growing, we stop learning. And it's actually a great temptation. I don't know necessarily that I can speak about all of history or all cultures, but I know that in our culture, we have a tendency to get to a point where we know the answers. Like That's the goal. Uh, so today I have questions. And if I ask the right person the questions, or if I go to Google and get the answers, then I can be the person that answers the questions. And th- there's a great temptation in that to just actually become stagnant and to stop learning, to stop growing. And the idea of continually asking questions actually is the way we continue to grow. And I know with absolute certainty that I will not know as much as God. There's always more to learn about Him. There's always more to find in the Scripture. And a Scripture that you've studied and learnt and read and you think you've got a handle on it and then one day you go back and read it again and something jumps out at you with life in it that you've never seen before. And there's no end of learning with God. And uh, and so it's not that you've got to get to a test and you have to know certain answers to get into heaven, although a lot of the jokes started that way. Uh, but it's actually a continual journey of getting to know Him more. And so hanging around people that are willing to ask you questions and then actually encouraging yourself to find someone that you can ask questions to is vital to keep us growing. That's right. I, I believe like we can learn something from anyone. And it doesn't matter what their age is, what they've gone through life. There's something out there that they might know that you would have no idea or clue about before. Yeah. And unless you start asking people questions, you would never know what they know. Yeah. Um, and I have, you know, have it so evident in my life where I see, you know, young two, three-year-old, when they begin to talk, they actually teach me a lot of incredible stuff that I never knew before. Yeah. And then I get, you know, really um, older generation people, that they teach me a whole heap of stuff that I never knew about, and then people my own age. So I believe asking questions is so important that it doesn't matter what generation they're in, there's something you can learn from anyone. Yeah. And so our heart should be teachable. You know, our heart should be, okay, it doesn't matter if the person is wrong or right, but there's something that we might be able to see that we have never seen before and to learn that we have never learned before and to ask maybe some better questions that we have never been able to before. Yeah. 
Yeah, so if you're listening to this and uh, you have some questions that you'd like uh, us to discuss, uh, we can't necessarily guarantee that we're going to answer your questions, uh, but we will uh, do everything we can to at least have a conversation and discussion about them and, uh, and delve into them a little bit. Uh, if you think in our discussion there's some things that we've missed or, uh, or some things that have sparked an interest in you or whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you and uh, we'll create some links for that to be able to happen. Um, we haven't actually created those yet, but we will be doing that uh, hopefully by the time you listen to this or shortly after. Um, so this, uh, this started, that journey down there started by us saying we're going to uh, let people know a little bit more about who we are. And uh, we sort of got a little bit sidetracked from that, which is fine. Uh, that's bound to happen on this podcast, and I have no problem with it. Um, but uh, apart from how we know each other, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, Shane, about uh, who you are? Who am I? A really big question. <laughs> um, I don't feel like I can answer that. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm, like I mentioned before, I'm from South Australia. I live in Port Piri. Um, I have uh, a wife and a baby on the way. Well, congratulations. And I thank you. I did know uh, that though. And but, I come uh, from I'll say it for the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> I come from um, Fiji, which is a small Pacific island, and I've, I've moved to Australia in 2011 and have been here ever since. And it, it's been a great journey, and you know, um, lots of things have happened in that time. And yeah, so we're loving Australia. We're here, and Life is good, and I love what I'm doing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when you say what, what you're about doing, you, Pastor John, um, the the context of that is you're uh, currently a pastor. Uh, that is right. And so you are uh, in in someone else. You're you're pastoring in someone else's church. That uh, they, they're the senior pastor. And within yep. that, uh, so you're looking after people, you're looking after programs, you're looking after uh, things like that. That's right. Um, yeah, so I am a campus pastor, yep. and um, I'm also a youth and young adult pastor, and yep. that comes with a whole lot of responsibilities and a whole lot of jobs, but um, it's, it's been really good. Um, and God has been with us every step of the way and he has you know given us everything that we need in this season um to do what he wants us to do yeah that's yeah. exciting it is very exciting yeah so i um, was uh, born in south australia uh and i grew up there um I mentioned before both of us uh, our parents were pastors uh and so i grew up in church my earliest memory is being told that I needed to stop getting saved. Um, and I don't remember anything before that. I was somewhere around about the age of three, three and a half. And uh, so my whole life that I can remember, I've been a Christian. Um, and uh, I think probably around about the age of 11 or 12, uh, I started to get more serious about that uh, and although I was already a Christian, it started to become a, like I was starting to ask questions. I was starting to not just be told things, but I was starting to seek things out. 
and uh, and so I consider that to be a significant moment. My life started to change at that moment. Uh, that was my first time I went overseas. Was on a missions trip to India with uh, a group of forty people, and uh, it was life changing. And so ever since then, there's been this desire to pursue God. And I won't say that it was a mature desire at the time. Uh, it, it's been growing in me and increasing in me over that time. Um, and then uh, sort of late teens uh, really started to uh, to see what it was more, more what it was about and beyond just doing the right thing and learning it was starting to see that relationship starting to see the things that god wanted to change in me the things that he wanted to do and so uh, fast forward quite a few years uh, followed my father's footsteps without doing it deliberately uh, but followed his footsteps into uh, what we call ministry and i became a pastor i did that for about 10 years and uh, for the last 12 months or so approximately i've been on sabbatical i think it's called and so uh, intending to get back into ministry, but not currently uh, in the role of pastor, still ordained, uh, but not currently in that role. So uh, now with the coronavirus and the uh, social distancing things that are happening, looking for uh, opportunity, I think, to, to find a way to connect with people is important. And this is one way to do that. And... Uh, I have enjoyed my break from being a pastor, but it has also stirred me up to encourage me to get back into it. Uh, it's been very awesome. refreshing. Mm. That is good. That is really good. Um, I love it when you're pastoring, because I think you said you have had a break for 12 months, but I haven't stopped calling you and asking you questions. <laughs> um, so I don't know what kind of break you took, but... I still did my part. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I've, I've been your pastor on and off a couple of times uh, in different church settings. Um, and I think uh, one of the things that I've noticed about, uh, you know, we, we're talking about the whole concept today. Uh, I don't know that we plan to do this specifically, but we've talked a lot about seeking God and, and pursuing Him. And I think one of the topics that I want to talk about in one of our future podcasts particularly is the balance between seeking God and then doing what he wants you to do. And, you know, you see that in the, the story of Mary and Martha quite clearly where, where one person is seeking Jesus and sitting at his feet and the other one is doing all the jobs that are required because there's so many people that are seeking Jesus. And, uh, you know, Martha is not just annoyed because Mary's lazy. We don't actually know from that story whether Mary is lazy we don't know whether she would normally be doing the work with Martha. What we know is that while Jesus was in the house, she didn't want to do anything else but sit at his feet. Mm. And I know, uh, you know, back in the days when, when you first came to our church, there was another couple of guys uh, that used to spend a lot of time with me asking questions. And, and I used to go on a lot of long drives and they would come with me and uh, you sort of graduated and took over from one of them. Uh, at one point and and so then you would come with me on those drives and there'd be a lot of discussion in the car and you know we worked out that two and a half good questions could last us the hour and a half drive that we were going on <laughs> and uh, you know the answers tend to be a bit long sometimes but um, in that I remember the great frustration because that drive from where we were 
where our church was to, to the other place. It was an hour and a half that I used to do uh, every Sunday and most days, most weeks, I would do it at least once during the week as well. And that drive was my time with God. And uh, then when, when people started actually coming with me on that drive, I found it to be my most effective time as a pastor, but it took away my most effective time with God. Mm. And, and so instead of being able to spend time listening to a word on, on CD back in the day when you used to put them in your car, uh, or, uh, or praying or having worship music playing or anything like that, instead of that, I would be pouring out everything I had into someone else's life. And I don't regret it because it's vital. Like we need, it's, it's incredibly necessary. As a minister, you have to be pouring into people. But I did get a bit jealous of it a few times because I wanted my time with God. And although I could spend time with God anywhere, that was the time that I had been using most effectively. And so I remember that struggle between uh, I want to spend time with God and God wants me to spend time with people and God also wants me to spend time with him. So it's not like he's saying, no, no, do it with them instead. But it's, it's that, uh, that balance in ministry between actually I need to be spending time with God or I've got nothing to give. And trying to find that yeah, balance. Wow. I, I remember you know, being quite uh, jealous of that time and will, like, willingly giving it to people, but missing it great, greatly from my time with God point of view. And I think uh, that's, that's something I really want to uh, talk about in great depth. Uh, but just really briefly before we finish, um, I would assume that in your time leading people that you would have found a similar struggle. Well, um, first of all, I didn't know you didn't want me with you in the car. <laughs> oh, that's not what Sorry. I said. <laughs> 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 oh, um, that's great. Um, um, yes, there, there has been time where, like, like I used to ask you questions, and I know that feeling now where um, we we were in a smaller church back then, and you had a handful of people. Yeah. And right now, I I have been in a smaller church, but now I feel I, I'm in a bigger church. And there's more people yeah and so the struggle is even more higher for me to actually spend time with God they, they came in stage um, just last year where I just couldn't uh, have my intimate time with God and I was able to get um, a part-time job with the school to drive the buses and I, I would do it twice a week in the morning and night and I would uh, I used to travel for an hour one way and it was just the most amazing time I had in the presence of God because every other time I had I would be just constantly pouring out into people yeah and and that has has been you know most of my life since I have been in a pastoral role um, it's just constantly and you know giving into people and especially because I've gotten married um, a year ago and when I used to live by myself, I had more time. But now that I have a wife, that took a whole lot of time away from me. It's been a great relief from me, though. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you've got someone else to, to go and talk to is yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> I had to readjust my whole life because um, now that I had to spend time with people who are constantly there, spend time with my wife, as well as, you know, spend time with God. And in that season, I had to give up a lot of, lot of things and a lot of habits that I used to have, you know, where I could watch TV shows, you know, sometimes, you know, two or three TV shows a day. Um, but now I was in a different season. So, and I, I was getting to a point where I'm just like, it was drowning me out like that. I don't spend time with God. I would love to spend time with God and more often. But at the moment, I'm in a season where I'm spending a lot of time with people. Yeah. and less time with God and I believe what really helped me is because the season before that I, I, all I had was time with God Yeah, and that sort of carried me and, and now I, I have you know sort of maintained a bit of balance you know saying okay this is my time with God this is my time with wife this is time where I reach out to people um, and I have to be deliberate about it because I, I don't feel like I have the luxury like you know you had when you had to drive and I, now that I don't do the bus driving job I don't have that luxury of spending that time with God where I used to get it yeah so it, it was sometimes when you're doing way too much it actually becomes like man it's just a luxury to have that I get to spend time with God because you're not always thinking about jobs and you're not always thinking about people and the things that they've asked you to do, the problems they have poured into your life, and you're trying to sort them out. But then just being able to go back to the presence of God, um, sometimes, yes, you do feel like, oh man, I wish right now I was in the presence of God and not in the presence of people. Yeah, and, um, and you see the story it, uh, yeah. of Moses, who every day would go to the tabernacle of meeting, and he would have a yeah. conversation with God. And then he would come out and he would walk out to the people and everyone could see that his face was glowing in the story. And mm. when they saw that his face was glowing, they're like, oh yeah, that's good. Our leader has spent time with God. Um, we don't have the luxury of people being able to tell on our face uh, that it's glowing or not based on whether or not we've spent time with God. And so I think uh, in, a, in a role, any, any role where you have to care for people, I mean... Uh, you know, I, I look at mothers who um, basically their their whole life starts to revolve around their child or their children and they start to feel like they have no time for anything else. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of marriages where, uh, and I'll warn you of this because you've got a kid on the way, um, where, where the husband and the wife, they get along really well and they spend lots of time together and they've got their own activities separately as well. And then, then you bring children into the mix and they actually stop spending time with each other because mm. now there's other responsibilities and so you're at work and you've got the kids or, or however you work that balance out between the two of you. And, and it's actually very easy then to stop spending any time together because everything's about the people you're looking after. And I think that picture is actually very similar to what we're talking about. It's not... It's not that then the parents should say, oh, I wish I never had children. It's how do we work our marriage out in this new context where people are dependent on us? And so it's the same way. If you are genuinely spending time with God, at some point, he's going to send people along for you to care for or about. 
and there's going to be responsibilities that he gives you, even if it's not to look after people, there's going to be some responsibility that he gives you that he says, I want you to do this. And that thing then starts to become a distraction from the fact that we're spending time with God. So it's actually a good thing that we're doing, but then we have to start with that responsibility becomes the burden of how do I then have both? How do I do what God wants without giving up the fact that I want him first and foremost? And so that's, that's the, uh, the challenge. And so you wouldn't then, well, hopefully we wouldn't then say, I wish I never saw any people ever again in my life. Hopefully it, we, we can actually create that, uh, that dynamic where we have both God and people and but it won't just happen accidentally i think that's probably the struggle is is it 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 doesn't seem to fit and so you got to work out how do i make both pieces fit together and that i mean that struggle's been around uh since well i mean that's also evident in the story of moses where jethro comes and says actually you're wearing out yourself and the people uh you need to change this it's not good you know if if you're just dealing with people all day something's wrong and uh, and so working that out it's, it's an age-old problem yes that's right and don't get us wrong we love god and we love people yeah and and sometimes we just need to find balance in life yeah and and sometimes it can be hard to do and and that's why it's great to have mentors or your pastors or whoever your leaders are to actually have conversations with them if you're struggling with it yeah and and they might be able to help you, and and like Pastor John mentioned, it's it's been a struggle since time. So, and we are going to come across those same problems and somewhere in our life. Uh, so yeah, and it's it's been a good podcast for you guys today, and I'm glad we get to do this. Yeah. Um, so we yeah. uh, we're gonna continue i think next time we do this we'll use basically the same format uh we'll have a random scripture that we talk about and then uh rather than talking so much about ourselves uh i think from what i know about both of us everything that we talk about we'll uh, endeavor to make it real by showing the way it was in our lives the way it works for us and and i guess the raw uh but real authentic description of what that looks like when we try to work it out in our life I think that's important. Uh, you see that all through Scripture. That's the way the Bible characters did it. Uh, I don't know that I did it because the Bible characters do. I think I probably just copied my dad, uh, and he lives a very open life that way. Um, so we we will endeavour to make it real, uh, but we also want to go deeper into Scripture. We don't want to go deeper into our lives. We want to go deeper into the Scripture. And so uh, next time we'll come with one of our questions that we want to expand, whether it's one of the ones we've discussed or not uh, already. Um, but also, uh, if there's the opportunity to put in the comments, uh, send in your questions or your thoughts, and we'd love to hear from you too. Yes, thank you for joining us. That's it. Have a blessed day.